Good evening, good evening. Good to have you all back this evening. Looks like we're down a little bit, but you're here. Maybe people still coming in. We had, just so you know, people have been asking, yes, Melody and I had a wonderful time. You missed a great show. Some of you are mad at me because I didn't tell you about it ahead of time, but, you know, I didn't know what was going on either, other than uh, Mia actually bought us the tickets, and so uh, bought Melody tickets for her birthday. We had just a good time. So if you remember the Paramount Pizza Palace, then you know. If you don't remember that, then it doesn't really matter to you anyway, right? So, uh... I don't know what to say. Anyway, that is, we had a great time. Let's see what we have in the way of announcements. Welcome guests. If you're first time visiting, please stop by the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. We want to welcome you and officially. Uh, and then if you're visiting online, use that QR code. Let us know you're out there listening. Always encourages our heart to see somebody new out there. Nursery workers are needed. So we just keep putting that plea out there. It's always exciting to have that problem right there in the church. It's a wonderful problem to have. But uh, we do need nursery workers. See Chrissy Fletcher or Megan Gannon. Uh, Hayride activity is this Friday. That's for the Young Marriage class, uh, Partners in Life. And uh, so that's going to be at 6 o'clock. Pitch in dinner. Bring something for us to nibble on that we can share. And there's a hayride at Southeast Way Park at 6.40. Afterward, we'll sit around the fire and uh, eat s'mores and tell stories and share testimonies. And then you can leave whenever you're ready. See JD for any questions, it says. And then rekindle is this Saturday. We need good weather. All those things happen. Three preaching sessions, special music, hilarious fun time, incredible uh, group games, great food. Uh, the food might be pushing. It is actually, I mean, it's great food in that what you can do with a hot dog. Our cooks do a great job at it. Uh, and I think we have may have some hamburgers in there too. But anyway, it's, it is good food, but uh, that's not why you're coming. But it's all free, so you're invited to come. But uh, invite teenagers, bring teenagers. Uh, that's really what it's for. So uh uh, always a great time. And the purpose is to rekindle the flame that started at camp, right? So camp was already several weeks ago, and by now it's like, uh, so anyway. Halloween track ministry, if you want to help stuff some uh, treat bags, then make sure that you uh, show up here on the 16th from 9.30 to 11.30. That's in the morning. For those of you who are night owls, if you show up then, well, good luck. But anyway, that's in the fellowship hall. So uh, see Beth Olson or Glenda Dennison for any uh, questions there. And uh, there's a baby shower coming up for Jennifer Foster. That is on Sunday, October 22nd at noon. Taco Bar will be provided. So you can uh, take a look at that. Trunk Retreat is coming up as well, October the 25th. That happens on a Wednesday night. We will be advertising it this year. Typically, we've just done it for our own Awana group. Uh, but we're going to advertise it to the general public. So we're hoping to have, you know, 100, 200 kids here. Uh, so we need to have a sign-up so that we make sure that we have enough cars that are involved uh, to uh, make sure everything's covered. So we need to, our, our number, our goal is to have 20 cars uh, involved with that. We're asking that you do some decorating on your trunk, and uh, that way the kids know that they can come to your trunk. And it just happens right there in the parking lot. So it's always a lot of fun. 645 uh, to 8 is the whole event. 645, J.D., will that be when the trunk or treat part happens? Ask Matt. That's right. Matt just giving me a thumbs up. All right, so there you go. Uh, and then let's see, what else do we have? Then our missionaries of the week are the Nelsons, field directors uh, with Madison Baptist Church World Missions, right? We get all that in there. And if you remember, Brother Larry, we've been supporting him for years and years. He was a police officer and uh, left being a police officer to become a missionary. And God just did that work in his heart, so... And he's been on the field since then and now serving as director, so continue to pray for them. And I forgot to mention this morning, so I want to mention it now uh, so that uh, nobody's mad at me for not mentioning it. But uh, sun the Wednesday evening service only, uh, Pastor Andrew and Clayton will be here. All right, uh, Clayton has an orthodontia appointment on Thursday morning, so they will be here Wednesday evening. So if you want to see him, that's your chance. All right, uh, if you miss seeing him, too bad. I don't know what to say. Now you know, so uh, that's Wednesday evening service, all right? Let's have the men come, and we'll take up the uh, evening offering. And uh, excited to see what the Lord's going to do in those things. For the Chad, would you ask God's blessing on the offering and on the Nelsons as well, please? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to come together and learn from your book, Lord. We ask that you be with these offerings. Uh, use them for your will and your glory. And Lord, we ask that you be with the Nelsons to continue on with their uh, mission. 
uh, give them some strength and courage and wisdom to step in and help out where needed. And Lord, we ask that you uh, give us some good weather for rekindle on Saturday. We're going to have a lot of kids here to uh, entertain them with the word and play some games outside, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. First song tonight we'll be singing is In Christ Alone. Anybody have a birthday or anniversary this last week? I know we had at least one. Where did he go? Oh, we had at least two. Miss Sharon? When was your birthday? Wednesday? And how long have you done the Lord as your Savior? There you go. Good answer. 19 something. So it was before the 20s came in. All right. Where's Clifford? I thought I saw him here. There he is. Clifford had a birthday. How old are you, Clifford? 80. I'll say that louder. 80. Yeah. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior, Brother Clifford? 61 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries this last week? Only? Yep. Ah, Miss McKenzie's with... Miss McK- when was it the 14th? And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Since you were seven? Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? All right, let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's Word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 8, 
verses 30 through 35, as we finish out chapter 8. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord of God of Israel and Mount Ebel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stone, over which no man has lifted up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord, and sacrificed peace peace offerings. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on this side the ark and on that side before the priests, the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, as well the stranger as he that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Ebel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were that were conversant among them. May may the Lord prosper his word where to a sentence, and may the Lord bless you as you go about your week. You may be seated. Thank you, Matthew. The next song we'll be singing is Great is Thy Faithfulness. And we have a faithful God that keeps His promises. So as we sing this song, I want you to be thinking about promises that God has kept and fulfilled in your own life.
next song, Now I Belong to Jesus.
And for tonight's special, if you are a man, go ahead and come up and join us. I still see some men sitting down in the crowd there. I'll just wait and you can go ahead and come up. We'll be singing Complete in Thee. Thank you, guys. That's exciting. Whenever uh, we don't know what's happening, they just call us up. Come on up. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Ephesians. We're going to start in chapter 2, and we'll end up in chapter 5, but we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. So we've been looking, in, on Sunday mornings, we've been presenting the gospel. Uh, this morning, we had four first-time visitors that I know of, and uh, two that trusted Christ as their Savior this morning. So that was an exciting time uh, tonight. Uh, we have, we're on Sunday nights, we've been dealing with this topic. How do we, as God's people, add power to an already powerful gospel? And I'm, I say this every week, I'm going to say it again, uh, because it is, it's a delicate line, right? The, the gospel is powerful without us. We are not really part of the equation other than the Bible says that our, you know, our response to what's happening in life to us as people are looking at us they're looking to see christ in us there's a famous verse you know it's not really talking about this topic but it's it's used a lot this way uh they come and they're wanting to find jesus and they say this line sirs we would see jesus and uh, it's a great phrase for christians to live by everybody in our life 
that we are living our lives in front of, whether it's our families, whether it's our co-workers, whether it's people we go to school with, uh, they're looking to us, God's people, to show them Jesus. And, you know, whether they even understand it sometimes or not, they're crying out that cry, Sirs, we would see Jesus. So we're looking at how we can, how we can uh, add power to an already powerful gospel. So in, in our first week, we looked at Acts chapter 16, and we remember Paul and Silas were imprisoned, remember, and at midnight they were, they were singing and praising God, and that's what led the, the Philippian jailer to come to them and say, what must I do to be saved, right? I mean, he was so moved by, what, by how they responded to being mistreated, and, and they responded in a godly fashion. He was so moved that he comes to them and says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And uh, that, so we see that our reaction to trials in life uh, can impact other people. Uh, we looked last week at our words. We're supposed to have our words. Was it last week? Was I here last week? Or is that, you know, I think that's when I was here. I was gone for a week in there someplace. But anyway, uh, you know, we're supposed to have our words seasoned with salt and, and grace. And, and we're supposed to, our words make a difference. The way we speak to people makes a difference. And we looked at that last week. Tonight... We're going to look at our walk, our testimony, our life. What does our life look like? Uh, in your, we're going to be in Ephesians, so don't panic. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2, it says this. Ye, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church, ye are our epistle, known and read of all men. People are looking at our lives, and they're reading the gospel in what we're doing. We're an epistle. A letter written, known and read of all men by the way people see us. In Matthew chapter 5 it says this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That they, in, 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 the, in the understanding of this passage, as Christ is talking, he, he's talking to the church, Let your light, Christian, so shine before men, unsaved people, that they, the unsaved people, may see your, Christian, good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our lives make a difference. And in Ephesians, we're going to look at that. Father, we ask that you would help us tonight as we study your word together to grow in your grace, to allow you to live through us in such a way that people see us and, um, and see what you're doing in us, that uh, they would be drawn to you through uh, your Holy Spirit working in us. And we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. I can't remember. I hate when these things happen. So there's a verse that came in my mind as I was standing there. I'm trying to remember where it's from. Somebody can look it up and tell me. But it says this. Um, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Remember that? What is the treasure and what is the earthen vessel? We are the earthen vessel. And the treasure is Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so we're, we're given an opportunity to, to put on display in our lives, what God is doing. And that, that by doing so, uh, in John chapter 3, you know, that famous passage, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But right before that, Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up, what will I do? I'll draw all men unto me, right? So, you know, our, our lives are to lift up Christ and give him an opportunity to do that drawing. Our lives are to, to reflect his light our lives are to show forth good works. Our lives are to be an epistle that people could read and understand the gospel through the way we're living out our lives. That doesn't, doesn't, does not take away our responsibility to share the gospel. You understand? How can they believe except they hear? We, we know that. But our lives are going to add power to an already powerful gospel. So here we are uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll start there. We, we looked at this verse this morning. That's why I want to start there. In verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created unto, in, I'm sorry, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God had before ordained that we, those of us who know Christ, should do what? Walk in what? In good works. That we should walk in good works. God has before ordained that those who come to Christ ought to then follow up that coming to Christ with a life that is lived out 
in doing good things, in doing righteous works, in doing what God has empowered us to be able to do. So this is how we should begin to walk. Our, and this word walk is going to be representative of our testimony. What is your testimony? <clears throat> we all have a testimony, right? All of us do. And we all have a testimony that varies within the groups of people that we, that we know. We may have one testimony at work and one testimony at school. And then we have that part of us that only our family knows, but it's our testimony at home, right? And, and the reality is, you know, our goal is for that to all become level, and it all reflects what Christ did in our lives. So if, if we don't want our kids to know us as a hothead, but everybody at work thinks that we're just sweet and, and you know, right? I mean, we don't want that. We want to be consistent. We're not encouraging you to take your hot-headedness to work. We're encouraging you to let God change your testimony at home as well. It, is, it amazes me that if, not that, not that the souls differ in God's love for them, but as human beings, they differ for us. The people we want most to understand the gospel and go to heaven are the people that we show least what Christ is doing in us. We tend to let down our guard at home, so to speak, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and sometimes our very lack of testimony, we've all seen it, haven't we? Second and third generation Christians that want to have nothing to do with Christ because if Daddy represents what Christ did, I don't want it. Whoa. Do you see how this works? That becomes a difficulty. And so what we want to do is let these good works begin to be something that we live out. So now turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll begin to see this pattern that the Apostle Paul is using to describe this walk, this way of life, this testimony that we have. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith God, wherewith ye are called. That we are, so we are called to be Christians, right? We are called to, to be ambassadors of Christ. This is the vocation all of us who name the name of Christ are called to. And we're to walk in such a way that we are well representing Jesus Christ. That we're walking worthy of this vocation whereunto we are called. And what does that look like? Well, look at verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So, I mean, he gives us a, a picture, a glimpse of what it looks like when we're walking worthy. Would you agree with me that Christians who lack humility are, not, are doing a disservice to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you agree? That Christians, that one of the worst things that can happen from the world's point of view within Christianity, is for churches to split when there is no unity among God's people. Jesus put it this way, and hereby shall men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Right? I mean, there ought, to be, there ought to be this clear unity. It's an unusual thing to be able to pull in a group of people like this one from different backgrounds and different ways of life and different upbringing and different you know, social statuses and income statuses and, whatever, and find unity. That's, that's unusual. It takes the power of God to make something like that happen. But it ought to happen. Would you agree? It ought to happen. And so the first thing is we ought to, our, our life, our testimony ought to walk worthy of this. It's difficult whenever you know, there's this constant... I mean, have you ever been in those kinds of situations? Praise the Lord, it's not at our church. I am so thankful for this church. You don't know how thankful I am, you know. But uh, I, have, I have endured three really ugly situations within my Christian experience. And praise the Lord, none of them have been in the last 32 years since I've been here as your pastor. But I mean church split. Well, one of them was within that time, but it wasn't something that happened here. So, all right. But uh, I've seen splits take place. I've watched God's people drag 
the name of Christ literally through the mud. And it's not a pretty sight. It's not. We need to walk worthy. Uh, and, and that walking worthy means that we need to show humility. That walking worthy means that we need to have love one for another, putting up and forbearing one another, putting up with one another, endeavoring to keep unity and show peace. These are hallmarks of, of Christianity, right? They're hallmarks. Humility. Uh, and when we get to Philippians chapter 2, you know, it's that great passage on humility. It says, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own thing, but things, but every man also on the things of others. And then it says this, let this mind or this spirit be also in you, which was in Christ Jesus. That's, that's what ought to be reflected. So our testimony, does it reflect this? Are we walking worthy of the calling that God has placed us to, to be an ambassador of Christ? Go over to uh, verse 17. Verse 17 says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, from this point forward, walk not as other Gentiles walk. And then he's going to begin to tell us what that looks like. But here's literally what he's saying. Christians, you ought to look different. The Christian life ought not to look like everybody else's life. If the Christian life is the same as everybody else's, then who needs Christ? Do you understand how this is? Once we trust Christ, and Christ has stepped into our lives, and he's beginning to change us from the inside out, we need to let that out, that what's inward, begin to work its way outward. There's a, there's a passage in someplace in Romans, and it says uh, that you're to work out your own salvation. Remember, have you ever read that phrase? And if you read that the wrong way, it's like we're supposed to work for, but that's not what it says. It says work out our own salvation. Christ has done something inside of us, and we're to cooperate with him as he brings that inward change outward. We are to work out what God is doing. So it ought to be obvious to everyone who's watching that something's different. I've told this story before. I don't care if my brother watches, so it's a story about him, but I'll tell you. My brother was an angry, angry young man. I mean, he just would fly off the handle just like that. I, I, I watched him put his fist through a wall. If you got him mad at you, you ran. I'm, I, I ran from my brother. You guys know my brother, Albert. He's a Baptist preacher, by the way. <laughs> um, but this was before. And I was just a kid, you know, and there was one place in our house. We grew up in a big old farmhouse. There was one room, one room that had a lock. I'm talking about even like you couldn't lock yourself inside the house because the locks were skeleton, literally skeleton keys. All you had to do is have a screwdriver and you could get in. You know, it was, we just never bothered. We never locked our house. We go on vacation for a week and a half and just never locked the house. Why bother? But there was one room that had a lock. Anybody know what room that was? It was a bathroom. We only had one bathroom, five kids, mom and dad, one bath. I know, it's the way it was, teenager. Back then, you know, it was just the way it was. But it had a lock, and it had a deadbolt lock, and it was a solid oak door and he was mad and I was quick and I ran to the bathroom closed that door locked it and he began to hit that door and I literally thought I was going to die when the door cracked I mean not just made a cracking sound you could see light through the door the good news was he knew that he could see light and he knew the mom and dad would see it too and so all of a sudden, he stopped. I, I thought I was going to die. I really thought he's going to come through that door, and I'm done. I'm, he was so angry. And um, by the time he was 20, he was a divorced father. By the time he was 20. But God got hold of his heart and changed him. And you will not see a more gentle soul than my brother. It's incredible what God did. No one questioned that Albert had trusted Christ as a Savior. No one questioned. Because it was obvious to everyone who knew him that something had happened. Wow, it was powerful. You and I are to let what God is doing on the inside of our lives begin to come out so that other people can see Jesus in us instead of us constantly getting in the way. So we're not supposed to walk like everybody else. 
Here's what it looks like. Verse, the end of verse 17. In the vanity of their mind, that's pride and arrogance of their mind, having, underst- having the understanding darkened, you know, being unable to understand and these things, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling, in other words, their conscience is so worn down they no longer even know what's right and wrong, have given themselves over to, unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with grief. You get the idea? We're not supposed to look like this. We're in a situation right now, and one of the reasons why America is where it's at is because the church has failed to walk worthy of the vocation and to walk different from the world that we're trying to reach. And if we're going to be the same, who needs Jesus? Nobody needs Jesus to be like they are. Right? Nobody needs Jesus to be like they are. We need Jesus to be different. That's the point. And so, you know, our, our testimony either adds to or takes away from the power of the gospel. Go on to chapter 5. Look at verse 2. And walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God a, for a sweet-smelling savor. There is nothing more powerful than love. I can prove it. And now abide his faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity, is love. Love is a power. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love is powerful. And when God's children take on the mantle of love, it is a power that is difficult to ignore. It can be ignored, but it's difficult to ignore. Um, Most of us have been loved to Christ, right? Somebody loved us enough to bring us to Christ. And and when we say love to Christ, it wasn't just that they that they told us about Jesus, but they told us about Jesus in a in a way that showed the love of Christ through them, and that's how we came to Christ. I remember I uh, I was I hadn't gotten saved yet. I told you I started going to church, but you know how I started going to church? A group of teenagers they did what they called roundup visitation, and uh, they'd get in the church van with the three teenagers that showed up. And they would say, hey, I know a teenager that lives here. I know a teenager that lives here. And they'd pick three or four teenagers. And they'd drive to their house and say, hey, come on with us. We're gonna, we'll buy you a, you know, I think they were going to buy me a milkshake. But, you know, whatever. We'll buy you something from Dairy Okay. And so, literally, the, the way I started, you know, I didn't know where to go to church. I, I was looking for something, but I didn't know what to do. The way I started going to church, because this, this band show, I, I remember... <laughs> Oh, I'm so embarrassed. It's like, it was a Saturday morning, and I had on a pair of shorts. Period. That's all I had on, a pair of shorts. I'm just a, you know, I'm just 13-year-old kid. You know how, you know how 13-year-old bodies look, by the way? That's when you're going through your pudgy stage. And so I'm like, I come walking out. <laughs> get in the van. Okay, let me put a shirt on and get some shoes, you know. And I, and I got in the van, and it began a journey for me. Three years later, three years later, I trusted Christ. But the reality is, I was loved to Christ through a group of teenagers that just said, hey, let's go get a, let's go get a Coke. And they went and, I don't drink Coke, but I don't, remember, I don't remember what it was. I just remember that day and seeing teenagers that would just, who am I? They don't know me from Adam. And they're inviting me to, to come and... Uh, go with them. and It began a journey. It was, it was wonderful. Walk in love as Christ has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet savor. And we're supposed to love one another. Remember, I, I, we just quoted from Jesus when he said, hereby shall men know you're my disciples. This is why, by the way, when Christians fail to love, it's detrimental to the gospel. When the world sees Christians fighting, I mean, it was so important that the Apostle Paul said, how dare you, Christians, take your problems to court? Remember? He's like, don't you dare drag your dirty laundry before the world. 
deal with this. Do this on your own. Because showing forth the love of Christ is that important. He says, walk in love. I'm asking us, are we doing this? Are we walking worthy? Are we walking as other people are walking? Is there there a difference in our lives? Are we walking in love? Take a a look at verse 8 of chapter 5. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light. Now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. In 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, I think it is, it says, um, I have to start at verse 1, you know, but uh, it says, Walk in the light as he is in the light. If, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's it. So if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we're supposed to walk like Christ in the light, right? We are, we're not children of darkness. We're supposed to walk in the light. And there's a lot of things that's involved with that. Part of this is, is just very basic, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm walking in the light, what can you do regarding me? If I'm walking in the light, what can you do regarding me? You can see me. Right? My, that's the way we're supposed to live our lives, Christian. We're not supposed to, we don't hide. If we, if we have to close our computers, there's a problem. We're to walk in light, as he is in light. We literally are to, we're children of the day, the Bible says. We're, we're, our, one of the things about walking in the light is that we're, we're putting on purpose our lives out there to be seen. We're walking in the light. Now, the other concept of walking in the light is to walk with understanding, right? If I'm walking in the light, I can see where I'm going. You can see where I'm going, and I can see where I'm going. So now there's understanding. I'm not supposed to just wander around aimlessly, but I actually see where I'm going. There's direction and purpose. You know, so that, you know, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, we... um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, what does it say? Trust the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into thine understanding, and all the ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths, right? Uh, in Psalm, oh, I hate when this happens, but here's what the Bible says. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How do I see this? Well, Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I walk in the light. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So the light carries two concepts. One is that you can see it, and one is that I can see because of it. And, and here's walking in the light. I, I ought to be purposeful about what I'm doing with my life, recognizing that the steps that I'm taking are either leading someone toward Christ or pulling someone away from Christ. Uh, there's purpose to it. We're to walk as children of light. I mean, the Bible's really clear about this. Walk as children of light. There's no other way around it. In Christ, we're in the light. Walk as children of light. Walk like you can see what you're doing. I mean, honestly, spiritually speaking, it amazes me how many Christians are stumbling through life. It's like we can't figure it out. Well, you know, part of walking in the light means that I actually open up this book every now and again. Right? That I, that I try to understand what it is that this book offers. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm not opening this book. You know what happens to my, to my life? I begin to stumble my way through it. And what amazes me is how many Christians, as they're stumbling their way through it, blame God for the stumble. Like, God, what are you doing to me? God's like, uh, I'm giving you light, but you won't turn it on. Open the book. Right? I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm trying to encourage us here. People are watching us. We are an epistle known and read of all men. And they're trying to decide about Jesus based on our testimony. And we need to be walking in the light. So let's allow people to see it. Don't hide. But let's also use that light to guide us and so that we can get someplace. Then we get to chapter 5 and verse 15. The last walk here in Ephesians. Look what it says. See then that ye walk, walk what? Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Now, there's a lot of different ways 
to, to um, understand the concept of circumspect, all right? The one I like, here's what Jesus said about, about the Christian life. He describes it as a straight and narrow path, right? That's what he describes. It, it, in other words, you know, to walk, to, to stay in the light and to walk in good works and etc. It doesn't give us just tons of liberty to go anywhere. We, we've, we've walked circumspectly. But here's the way I like to describe it. Imagine, if you would, that you're a tightrope walker. Or imagine, if you would, that you're climbing a ladder. Every step matters. And your freedom is limited to that. And every step matters, so you, you need to walk certain... You know what I really want, by the way, if I'm on a tightrope? I want light. <laughs> I want to walk in light. I want to see where that next step is, right? Uh, if, I'm, if I'm climbing a ladder or if I'm, you know, th- this is the concept. We have to walk circumspectly. And it's, it's interesting that it's the last one mentioned because, quite honestly, if we're walking worthy and we're not walking like everybody else, and if we're walking in the light, then walking circumspect becomes much easier. If I, if I can, once I get to the surface, it's much easier. Now I'm walking in the light. I can see, oh, look, I need to put my foot there, which is why the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And, and as I'm doing that and other people are watching in the light, all of a sudden the gospel becomes more powerful to those who are reading the epistle of my life. I'm an epistle known and read of all men. What's my walk like? Heads about eyes closed, please. I know, and you can argue with me. I haven't had anybody say anything to me about it, but you could argue that making a statement that our lives do anything to the gospel is a challenge. I'm, a, I'm aware of that. But I'm also aware that God has put on us the responsibility of the gospel. How can they believe except they hear? And how can they hear except one be sent? He's put that responsibility on us. And the reality is people are watching us. And I'm asking us, is our life taking away from the gospel or adding to it? Is it obvious to those who are watching that I'm not living my life like everybody else? Is it obvious to those who are watching that my life is in the light. I'm not hiding things. And I've obviously got some sense of purpose and I can see a direction because it's in the light. Is it obvious that I'm in Christ because I am walking in love and loving those around me, Christian and unsaved, unsaved people loving them through the gospel and Christian and loving them through the gospel? Is my life adding taken away from the gospel of Christ? I don't know the answer. I don't. You do. And it's for certain your family does. But I'm asking, where are we at in this? If we want to be a church that is effectively reaching people with the gospel, it's not enough that we verbalize it. It's not. We must live it. We must walk it and talk it and teach it and preach it and know it and show it. Remember that old song you sang in children's church? That's, that's what we need to be doing. Pastor John, I have to be honest. God spoke to my heart, Pastor, my life. I'm looking at it and as people around me are reading the epistle that is written in my heart, I'm afraid that it's not coming up on the plus side of the gospel. Pastor, at best, it's, it's doing nothing. At worst, it's detracting from. Pastor, God spoke in my heart tonight. I need to let God change my walk. And Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Let's see that one. Thank you. Anyone else? Father, tender hearts are here. God, we thank you for saving us. 
for giving us light, for giving us love, for giving us power to live out a new walk. God, many hands have gone up tonight. I pray that, God, each one would find your strength to allow your Holy Spirit to change the testimony that they're living out. May the lives that we walk through each week add to the glorious power of the gospel. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. The altar is going to be open to you in just a moment. And I'm going to ask you to do business with the Lord. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what the Lord's doing in your hearts. I don't. But this I know. I know that God has called this church to carry the gospel. And if we're going to do so, we need to do so with power. And that needs to be shown in our walk, not just our, not just the speaking of the gospel. So whatever needs to be done tonight, let's deal with this. And let's let the Lord change us and mold us and shape us in the image of His Son in such a way that the gospel is seen in us first, then heard from us. Let's stand. We'll, have, we'll sing together. 460, only one life. 460, only one life to offer as we sing. The altar's open to you. You step out and let the Lord have his way, would you? Only one life to offer. Jesus, my Lord and King. Only one song to praise And of thy You know, this is going somewhere, right? Do you, you see this? So now that we're talking about adding power to the gospel, it has to come to the place where we're actually sharing it. See how this is happening? So I'm asking you to begin to pray. Lord, who should I pr- share the gospel with? You know, what's that old song? Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me that I may humbly do my part to win that soul to thee. You know, ask God to lay somebody on your heart. And and I want to begin to challenge you with the idea that as we work through this and God begins to burden your hearts with the souls of someone or someones, that then we would begin to share some testimonies as to what God's doing. And let's see what happens, you know. Um, it's important that the gospel go forward. It's not just friendship, salvation's wonderful, but how can they believe except they hear? So they need to see the gospel. They need to see it in us. No question. But ultimately, they're going to have to hear it. And so we're, we're heading toward that. So I want you to kind of begin to prepare yourself. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? All right. Well, then, the Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine, I'm going to give you peace. Find someone you don't know and find out their name before you leave. God bless you. You are dismissed.